on today's show. Christoph Porzingis gets traded to the Washington Wizards. Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans coming back to Dallas. Latvian Lasers get swapped. The Mavericks get their point guard secondary created that they wanted. Why did the Mavs do this deal? Did the Dallas Mavericks get absolutely fleeced by the Wizards in this deal? And what does it mean for the Mavericks going forward? We'll talk about that and more on today's Emergency Lockdown Now. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks I don't believe you shouldn't be here. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every single day. And then possibly later, your second listen when we have an emergency podcast. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Help us get to 10,000 subscribers. We appreciate it. We do Mavs every single day, five days a week, and even every single post-game show. So sometimes we use seven games, seven shows a week, depending on the week. But we are here for you guys. We're here for Mavs fans. Isaac and I have been covering the team since 2016. 17, 15 for you, I think. We're credential wow. members of the media. We've been doing all this stuff. Joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor, writer at Mavs.com. The trade titan, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? What happened? <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is, you know, we we referenced the KP trade a lot on our pod um, about how when we did that emergency pod, you know, a handful of years ago, and how it's crazy. And I, I left my son's doctor's appointment. And went up <laughs> and, uh, Where'd you leave your son this time? My son's at home with my oh, wife. Okay, good. Uh, okay, good. He's taking I'm care at, of I'm at my, my day job <laughs> uh, recording this, my, the church I work at. And I mean, when that news dropped about Christoph's Porzingis, I was just like, whoa, they went for it, right? Because this guy, they bring this guy in. They make the all-in trade for him Por- in New York. And for Porzingis and, you know, to pair a second star next to Luca, right? They swung for it. They, as in the old front office regime, like that's a key part to remember of this whole thing of the previous front office swung for it. The previous front office signed Christoph Porzingis to that, that massive deal coming off the injury. And it just hasn't worked. It just hasn't. I, I mean, you could, from injury wise to we've talked, we could talk about team, you know, chemistry wise. We could talk about fit with him and Luca. It just didn't. It wasn't working that like it was expected. A new regime came in, and a new regime said, "Let's. It's time to to swap out some parts." Absolutely. And when I first saw this deal, so the the full deal is Christoph Porzingis goes to the Wizards along with a second a second round pick. And Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans come back for the Mavericks. We'll talk about all the different, you know, cap ramifications and things like that. But let's start with this. This is a bad trade. This is a bad trade. If you think about Chris, if you think about Christoph Porzingis in the sense that he's supposed to be the All Star second yeah. star that the Mavs acquired, yeah. Hold on with your re- reaction. Like, before, hold on before I finish the take, Isaac. <laughs> Everyone's like responding with you in their cars. Um, this is a bad trade, right? If you're thinking about Christoph Porzingis as the second star, the all-star the Mavericks acquired to become the second guy next to Luka, this is an awful trade if you look at it. You get Dinwiddie, who was available this offseason. The Mavs could have just signed him. Uh, he's been playing terribly for the Wizards. The Wizards apparently don't like him, and, <laughs> and the teammates don't like him either, right, from Kevin O'Connor. We've been talking about that rumor for weeks now, it seems like. 
And so now they get that. Davis Bertans is is almost exactly in the same place as Tim Hardaway Jr., where he was he was shooting incredibly. They signed him to this big deal, and then as soon as they signed him to a deal, he's been playing really bad for the Wizards, and he's been out of the rotation. The Wizards have too many wings, too many guys like that, and so now all of a sudden he's this albatross contract that's just sitting on the books for them, and they just decide to move on from him. And the Mavs also had to send a pick in the direction of the Wizards. So this is a terrible trade if you're looking at it from the sense of Chris Alperzingis was supposed to be the star. But it it signals a lot of things, right? It signals that the Mavericks front office with Nico Harrison at the helm now had to move on. They decided they had to move on from this. They could not move forward. They couldn't make any huge steps forward. I saw so many I saw so many of you guys tweet or message or comment the Mavs aren't going to make any moves. They're not going to make any big moves. So why are you guys even talking about this? And I think part of the reason why people were thinking about this is because they were so stuck with a couple of these guys, right? Christoph Porzingis being the biggest one of them. I think it was Bob Sturm from, from the ticket that tweeted a, it was a really good point, said this is a process-stopping situation for the Mavericks. The Mavericks couldn't move forward in their process unless they moved on from Christoph Porzingis. They were just going to sit around and wait till he was available again, right? This is what the Mavericks, they kind of had to do this, and they're admitting to this, that they had to move on from him if they were going to take a big step forward. If you look at this trade from you know two years ago, and if you're two years ago saying this is the deal that's going to happen in two years, yes, it's a bad trade. But if you look at this trade from like right now, I don't think it's a bad trade. And I, I think I, I think I'm in the minority of that. I even tweeted that because I feel like there are you know one mass Twitter doesn't represent the whole fan base, but you know just scrolling you know through there a little bit, it's like okay, that seen some panic reaction to it, but. I, I just, I'm not in that camp. I mean, we're talking about a guy who just missed. I mean, this is going to feel like a Porzingis bash fest at this point, but it's just a, there's just some honesty of this. I mean, he's missed over 20 something games this season. We've went through he's, the whole, he's not even injured. Yeah, <laughs> right? like, well, he doesn't I mean, even have a big he injury. He's hurt, but he's not injured, right? He doesn't even have this. He's not an ACL sprain. It's not one of those things that that's a huge injury to him. It's just these little nagging things. And, and this was supposed to be, I got the water right here. Oh, here we go. Coming in, he was the healthiest offseason he'd ever had. And here we are with Chris Alperzing is missing all these games still. Yeah. And it's like, you know, on yesterday's pod, we casually threw out there, you know, some, you know, Porzingis name a few times of uh, a few, you know, in a Westbrook uh, trade that was <laughs> in a Westbrook. You know, it, but admittedly the whole mind, ridiculous. It, it was ridiculous. But the whole mindset of it was what if Dallas wanted to get off Porzingis' money? Because the whole thing is, I mean, we were just months ago of hearing a lot of people in the national media say Porzingis' contract is one of the worst in the league, right? I mean, I feel yeah, like it's what right. we would hear and it's like, oh, there's no way they could even trade that. I mean, come on. And it's like being referred to as some of these like massive deal, like a Tobias or a John Wall or something like that. And it's like, okay, it's not as bad as like a John Wall because, but what, what's the Porzingis cycle? Somebody tweeted out a while back, a, a KP cycle. Yep. And it's the... Man, KP's out. He's hurt again. He's out for a couple of weeks and everybody's wanting to trade him. Then KP comes back and it's like, okay, all right, let's give it a little bit of time. And then he's like humming on all cylinders. Sweet. Awesome. Don't trade him. That's our second piece. Oh, KP's hurt again. Well, why don't we? And it's like, this. it's been this cycle for a few years and Dallas is done with the cycle. Like that. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like that's just what it is. It's like, Hey, we, this is a new regime and they're probably like, Hey, 
let's be done with it. But we also don't know the full story of this too. Like, are we just going to think that Jason Kidd and this coaching staff just immediately made Luka Doncic and Christoph Porzingis best buddies and they're going to be in each other's weddings and they're getting dinner every night together? Like, we don't know what that relationship's like. It feels like it's better this year. We don't know what Porzingis' relationship like with the front office and all of that. It feels better because of this coaching Savage stuff. But at the end of last season, KP was get was going to be gone, like he was. Gonna he be wanted gone. it, yeah, and he wanted that. And then, bam, the front office upheaval happened, and it's like I just it just seemed like it just bought it time, right? It's like okay, that's the change, and now let's move. You know, we'll we'll try it out. First healthy off season, we made the change. KP's back, ha- you know, happy. Let's play more. We don't know. I mean, you've alluded to this to, to this in the past on the spot of like, what if there was any some type of conversations with Porzingis of hey. We've changed out the coaching staff. We're going to get you more involved, post-ups, all this, with the intention of we'll find you a new home. And it's like nobody's talking about that angle right now, but if you factor in all of that and health and just the fit and all and like and building around Luca or somebody that might not be playing, you know, 40% of the season all the time, like that's the type of stuff where I'm I'm looking, I'm not jumping for joy saying this is the home run grand slam of a move. But I'm pretty po- like I'm positive coming out of this saying, okay, let they they ended a process like you said, and they swapped out the money and said, well, let's try out some new pieces around Luca. That's exactly what they did, and we'll come up and, t- and talk about why the Mavericks made this specific move and what this move actually does for the Mavericks. And there's still some breaking news as we're recording this at 3:30 uh, p.m. here on uh, in thir- Thursday Dallas time. So we'll talk about all that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores and news this offseason. They have the odds and lines that are better than anybody else. They have updated championship odds. You ready for this? BetOnline mm. has Golden State number one. Plus 400. Brooklyn Nets plus 500 now. They make the Ben Simmons, James Harden trade. I'm sure you and I will break that down over the next couple of days from the Mavericks' perspective. Phoenix Suns plus 500. Sixers plus 650. Sixers moving up. They're past the Bucks, the Heat. Um, and then the Bucks are uh, plus 700. Big, big gap right there between the Bucks and the Heat, who are at plus 1,200. That is wild to me that there is such a big gap between them. Then it's the Jazz plus 1,400. Lakers plus 2,200. Lakers' odds are always inflated because of Lakers fans voting for them. Chicago Bulls plus 3,300. The Chicago Bulls to win the championship. Wild odds. So if you want to go put down any money on that, go check out Bet Online. They have the best stuff. Don't take it, don't wait to take advantage of the new amazing offers this offseason, this season for the 2022 season. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Isaac, how many times did I say offseason in that? Because <laughs> just thinking about this trade and thinking about it being the offseason. But it kind of gets me into this next mode. I, w- I was thinking about, why did the Mavericks make this trade? Why why this trade? Why now? Why Dinwiddie and Bertans? You know, I've seen a lot of people say already on Twitter and, and other places, the Mavericks got worse today. And I kind of agree mm. with that, right? If Porzingis plays... No, I don't. If Porzingis plays, and he plays the way that we've seen him this year, where he plays the defense he plays, and he, you know, finishes around the rim, and maybe he hits some threes. He hasn't been this year, but maybe he hits some threes. The Mavericks are are a team that no one can stop, right? I think it was Joel Mulinax from the from you know Grizzlies SB Nation that said uh, the Porzingis was the second scariest thing about the Dallas Mavericks from a Grizzlies perspective, and I countered with, well, Porzingis was the scariest thing for the Dallas Mavericks <laughs> for the actual team, but that that was that's what it is, right? That that, that Porzingis when he plays was really good. He played he played well this season. He played 
Uh, defense way better than we expected, but it wasn't good enough, right? We kept saying he has this yeah. he's this next level of expectation, and he couldn't reach it. He couldn't reach it because he couldn't stay on the court, and he couldn't reach it because of the you know the limitations in his game. And so the Mavericks decide to make the move, like we talked about in the first segment. They decide to move on from him decide to get out of this. And so now they bring in Dinwiddie and Bertans that sort of answer a couple of questions, but in a smaller way. I think when, I think the Mavericks looked at it and they said, Hey, we just beat Atlanta. We just beat Philly. We've played well without Porzingis. We're, we're 13 and seven this year without him. Where you look over the past few seasons, we're 40 and 27 without him. We can switch. We can do our thing. I mean, there's still, we'll talk tonight about some questions probably that they still have as far as who's going to play center for them uh, this season uh, for the rest of the year and you know, committed to Dwight Powell and stuff to get about guy. But I think it, it mainly came down to we're paying $30 million to a guy going to pay him 30 next year, then 30, you know, 36 year after that, because he's definitely going to pick up the player option for a guy that ultimately we might not need to win basketball games. And that I mean, we have talked about what's the what's going to be the closing lineup. What's going to be how's the playoffs going to shake out? I mean, we were just, you know, less than a year ago that Porzingis was being put in the corner in a playoff series and just say, hey, be Ryan Anderson, be a Bertans. I mean, really, be Bertans. He was, yeah. And and a lot of people blame Rick Carlisle for that. It was like, oh, Rick just didn't didn't want to use it. No, there was reason why he was just thrown into a corner. Okay, like there's a lot of his play with that and his mobility on defense and all of that stuff. So. If I'm looking at it and I'm saying, if I have to spend $30 million on a guy that, uh, okay, well, let's see about the fit. Let's, you know, make sure they stay healthy. Let's see about the health stuff. You know what I'd rather swing for? I'd rather swing for a wing. I'd rather swing for a guard. Like, I would just rather swing for it in that that amount of money for a guy like that and say, let's see what we can get in Dinwiddie. He's having a down year, but let's see what we have. Like, for me, it's more about Porzingis for a Dinwiddie swap. I don't give a crap about the second-round pick. Some people get really up in arms about the second-round pick. It shows sure. more about value than it does about, you know, it, than it actually matters in the aggregate. Yeah, so so for me, it's this is, I mean, we could talk about money. You know, a lot of the money is a wash, you know, this year, next year. We could look into that Bertons player option at the very end of that. Um, that that's the, you know, that's the year that you're adding money to it, basically. But I just... I just think it boils down to that of we think we can win without Porzingis. So why don't we switch him out for a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie who can get buckets? And I see, I don't even agree with the, the notion of Christoph Porzingis raises our ceiling higher than what a Dinwiddie and Bertans do. It's I don't, like the, I don't the idea of the idea of him does, you know? Yes, but I still think you're running into issues comes playoff time, right? Like, I mean, I feel like it you're still getting you're still going to get obliterated in a pick and roll. Like you're, we're still going to have an issue. If he goes against a big bodied center in the playoffs that he's going to get kind of body down low. Like that's both things. That's both things you see in the playoffs is a pick and roll with a, with a real speedy guard or a, a big, that can back you down. Right? Like those are the two things you see in the playoffs and the Mavs couldn't defend against either of them with, with Porzingis. So where was he defending well against the teams that don't do those things, right? Like a year ago, somebody, it was somebody like, like legit reported, it might have been Jake Fisher, reported that the only way Dallas could get off the contract of Christoph Porzingis could have been like Al Horford in a pick from OKC. Do you remember those days? I remember those days of saying Andrew Farms remembers those. Holy crap, man. Is that the is that the only way that they're out? That's they're out from this. So now we're going from that to a 
let's add Spencer Dinwiddie to the mix of a you know a scoring guard and saying I I get it he hasn't have a good, has had a great season but let me swing with Spencer Dinwiddie right now we swung for three years with KP I'll swing with Dinwiddie right now. The other thing about this deal that's really fascinating is if you think about it, you look back at, okay, when Dinwiddie had that year in, um, when Dinwiddie had that year with the Nets, right? He averaged, tw- this. he's just two years removed from, you know, 20 points a game, seven assists, you know, and and leading the Brooklyn Nets to, a, you know, the playoffs, I think, before even the KD and, and Harden and Kyrie and all that stuff. Uh, and then Davis Bertans, if you look at him, the year before he actually got paid, if he did this deal then, it would probably have been a pretty good move for the Mavericks, right? He would have looked at it and said, oh, dang, I can't believe they got those guys for this. But now just because of the time and the way that value fluctuates for some of these guys, Davis Bertans is just you know a couple years away from shooting 42% from oh, three. Well, it was last year. <laughs> well, yeah, last year he shot 40, 40% on seven a game, but 42% yeah. the year before that on almost nine threes a game, right? This is uh you know this is this is what how it works in the NBA right value fluck and goes up and down but could I see these two guys come in and revitalize some of what they had those last couple of years like they've shown in the past these are not these are not trash players right we've seen in the past these guys have value for a team that can use them in the right ways and so this is not just the the, the Mavericks just completely punting on Kristaps Porzingis and getting nothing back for them right I think we also yeah. have to consider that. The, the other thing that we have to consider is the salaries, right? Because I think this is the, the big part of this deal. The players may not even matter for this part. Let's just put, let's <laughs> yeah. just take the players and push them somewhere else. And Christoph Porzingis was making $31 million, $31.6 million this year, $33.8 million next year, and then a player option for $36 million that we pretty much all expected him to pick up because of the injuries and because of all that. So that's, that's going to be two more years on top of this one for Porzingis making max money. These two guys coming in, Dinwiddie makes 17 this year, 18 the next year, and then it's a non-guaranteed after that. So you could get off of Dinwiddie's money next year, right? You could get off of him with an expiring deal and you could send him somewhere else. Davis Bertans makes 16 this year, 16 million next year, 16 after that, and then a non-guaranteed. So you're basically getting off a lot of that money from Porzingis early. You're getting off of, you know, what about... Um, what? Like, next like, tw- like two years from now about two about 20 million dollars in two years from now but you also split porzingis's contract into two players so then that becomes way more to use a football term multiple you become more multiple right you could do a couple different things it's much easier to put davis berton 16 million dollars or dinwiddie 17 million dollars in a deal than it was porzingis for 30 million dollars so for all the things we said in the first segment about how the mavericks were held back by chris off porzingis's on-court limitations, the off-court limitations for them with his contract and his injuries and all that kind of stuff for them to make a big deal and to take a huge step forward, that changes with these two guys now that you have two guys instead of one. So now the Mavs all of a sudden have all these different like contracts that they can trade. And Dinwiddie at 18, well, Bertans at 17, Powell at 11, you know, Tim all these Hard- guys. Tim Hardaway at 18. They yep. just, we'll talk about it here probably in just a second, but they just you know, signed Dorian Finney-Smith to his extension. So he's going to be making $13 million a year for the next four years. So now they have the contracts, right? I mean, there was a reason why Tim Hardaway Jr. was being rumored in all of these deals because he was about the only guy that made in, made in that 18 to 20 range where Porzingis is too much, you know, Dwight and them were too, you know, too little. So now they have all these contracts where if they want to go shopping for a bigger name, they can match the money. Absolutely. So th- those are the two things, right? That when you look at this deal, I saw a couple people, I think I even saw 
um, Anthony Irwin and be like, what the hell are the Ma- are the Mavericks doing? This is what the Mavericks are doing. They decided I, to- I just don't get that. I, I don't understand. Well, if you don't, if you don't understand the Mavs situation, you haven't watched Porzingis, you wouldn't understand, right? It's like, you know, when, when we say, I don't understand how the hell Anthony Davis has made the top 75 all time. And he's like, well, I watch him every single day and I understand what he can bring, you know? It's yeah. Like, when, when you don't listen to somebody like us that watches the, the, you know, that watches the team every single day and knows the ins and outs of it, you don't understand that stuff. And I get that. Coming up, let's get into what these guys can actually bring. Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. And then, yeah, you mentioned it, the Dorian Finney-Smith update. Tim McMahon has already reported that Dorian Finney-Smith is signing a contract extension. We got to get into that as well. We'll continue with that on, t- on today's Lockdown Mavs. But before we do, let me tell you about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars, it's impossible for your chains and local auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. They got to be multiple too, just like the Mavericks, trying to have multiple different contracts that they can send out. Locked on has uh, or Rock, Rock Auto has multiple different types of pieces and parts for your car that you can add. Go ahead and check out their family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need: brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. We encourage you to check out anything that's available for your car. Just go check it out. See what they have for your car. You may be surprised at some of the things that you find. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? They know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, Isaac Harris. We are flying through this emergency pod. Thanks for everybody sticking with us. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe on the podcast if you have not. Rate us five stars on Apple and Spotify as well. All of a sudden, Spotify has five-star reviews. So we appreciate you guys. We are here for you five days a week, hanging out with you guys, trying to make sense of this Christoph Porzingis deal. Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans bring value to the Mavericks. They can actually play, right? These these two guys can probably be part of a rotation. Davis Bertans maybe is on the, the fringes, but it depends on the Mavs' big man rotation. Both of these guys can bring something to the Mavs. Oh, 100%. I mean, let's let's do this. Let's look at Sunday. They played the Hawks a few days ago. This was their starting unit. Luca, JB, Dwight Powell, Dorian, and Reggie Bullock. This is, I mean, these guys played against Philly. They beat a really good Philly team. These guys played against the Hawks. They beat the Hawks. Now, you take that. We had a lot of fun with those two games. I mean, a lot of, a lot of Mavs fans had a lot of fun they with those two fun. games. Now, you look at the bench for, those, for that five. Marquise Chris. Josh Green, Trey Burke, Frank Nilakina. Now, let's let's add Spencer Dinwiddie to that and Davis Bertans <laughs> to that. Like that's my thing. It's like now they have a legit guy who could come off the bench and get buckets. I don't think Dinwiddie steps in and starts over Jalen Brunson. I just I, no. I don't think that. But you're telling me that now we can add Spencer Dinwiddie to come off the bench with you know Maxi didn't play in that game, but now you have Maxi Spencer Dinwiddie. Like what is Bertons, you know, if Maxie's out for, you know, if you want to manage some of his minutes, like the whole Bertons thing with the shooting thing, we talked about Reggie Bullock for how long at the beginning of the season? Oh my gosh. 40% three point shooter. Can he just not shoot anymore? Like you can't, are you going to be shocked if Davis Bertons ends the season shooting like 35, 36% from three and he shoots from this point, you know, he he shoots like 40% from three the rest of the season. I wouldn't be shocked if that happens. I'm not saying it will, but I wouldn't be shocked. No, absolutely not. Even just a change of scenery can change it for these guys. Remember some of the guys the Mavs have brought in over the last couple of years. Doug McDermott, remember, he shot like 50% from three to end the season after he got traded. So, I mean, that's what the Mavericks are looking at. And 
They upgrade in two areas we've been desperately pleading for them to upgrade in. Three-point shooting with Davis Bertans. You bring in a guy that can, can space the floor out deep, like real deep. He can, he can hit the threes that Porzingis tries a lot. He can hit those threes, and he has the last couple of years. And playmaking, another ball handler, another playmaker. They needed a guy like that for games when Luka and Jalen Brunson are both in foul trouble or one of them has to miss the game, right? All of a sudden, now they have another option. It's not the greatest option, right? It's not the, you know, the Zach Levine perfect option next to Luca, but it is Spencer Dinwiddie as a guy that was, you know, a fringy fringe all-star two years ago that, you know, has shown a lot of potential in this league. And maybe Jason Kidd as the point guard whisperer can do a better job than than what, uh, you know, Wes Unsell Jr. could have done in, in Washington. And it gives you just a tiny glimpse of, I was with a group of people and after the trade went down, we were walking and the guy I was talking to said, is this Jay LeBronson insurance? And it gives you a tiny, tiny glimpse, of, a tiny bit of insurance of, let's say Spencer Dinwiddie finishes the season really strong. And it's like, all oh, awesome. Like he's back to looking like, you know, Dinwiddie that Washington thought they were getting. And then you go into the off season and let's just say, you know, the Knicks or whoever it is, just blow Brunson's brains out with a, you know, a contract offer. And for some reason he left, we don't want him to leave, but if, if for some reason he left, then you at least still have somebody on the roster that could get buckets from the guard position alongside Luca. So I, I think it's just, I'm smiling. That's my whole thing. I'm walking out of this day. I'm smiling. I'm like, they did it. Like I was afraid that the poor Zing, especially after the, another injury, he's guys, he's still not playing right now. Okay. So because yeah, right. of injury, and it's like, especially after another thing, it's like, you're almost fatigued. I, I think a lot of fans, I, I'd reached a point to where I was just fatigued by it. It's like, how long do we have to do this of the in and out and all of that? And now that, that that's over and we can see how it works out with Dinwiddie and, and Bertans. Now, Dinwiddie and Bertans have had their own injury, his, had their own injury concerns. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that these guys are the perfect role players sure. to come in and just solve all the problems. Right. But they do solve a little bit. Right. And then there's all the contract stuff we said in the second segment. So these guys do bring something to the Dallas Mavericks, and I think that it's going to be better to have multiple players and multiple options instead of, all right, we're just waiting on Porzingis to come back. Okay, let's just hold on for Porzingis to come back. And then hopefully this offseason, the Mavs can take that huge step forward that they really want to when they have their picks available. They have multiples in these contracts. They have more guys they can they can trade out. And hopefully maybe they even revitalize some of the value in Dinwiddie and Bertans. They can trade them again in the offseason. But the yeah. move that that just got you know reported by Tim McMahon is is – Dorian Finney Smith getting an extension. Now um, he finally gets an extension. Four years, $52 million reported by multiple sources. Shams, Tim McMahon, Mark Stein. I mean, the Mavs just they they sent out they sent out the bat signal for this deal. This is big for the Mavericks, right? They needed, they needed to do this. They needed to get this done. And he's not completely insanely overpaid either. No. This is a pretty good deal for for the Mavericks and I hope that Dorian Finney-Smith hopes it's a it's a good deal for himself because he is so vital to the Mavericks <laughs> like if he's out especially now with Porzingis out the Mavericks big man and four like fours and fives are is pretty shallow of high-end talent and Dorian Finney-Smith answers that question at the four uh and he the Mavericks have been really good when he plays this year yeah I'm super happy for him I'm happy for the Mavs because it's a good deal I'm happy for him personally because I mean, remember this guy went undrafted, right? I mean, now, and now he gets a four-year deal, fifty-two million dollars, like from undrafted. Just, I, I love seeing amazing. undrafted guys get from that, some of so. the stories you and I have heard about him and him growing up and the things he saw, and you know, the the it was tough for him 
Yeah. It was tough for him to get to the NBA and to get to the spot that he was, to be undrafted, like he said, to be fighting for time for Justin Anderson. Like, let's just take a second and appreciate that this guy is making $50 million and, uh, and that's life-changing money for his family. Yeah, so another part of the deal is, you know, they release, they're going to release Moses Brown and that they just recalled him back up. Um, so I'm sorry for the Moses hive out there. We have to, we have to RIP this sound. This is a positive world. We'll take the positive. He was plus two. He was plus two was about Moses Brown. <laughs> uh, shout out to his, uh, his media day interview where he said he would take a first date to Papado. Uh, so, um, and also, that. and also in his introductory press conference, when he said that the film that he watches was of Kevin Durant. Yeah. <laughs> and Durant. No, he, he's a lot of fun. I hope he latches on somewhere, but I don't think the roster is you know, done either. I think you're looking at a prime buyout team. I think they they are in need of a, of a big now a big huge, body huge need. Um, however, whoever gets bought out, Robin Lopez, Tristan Thompson, who are some of these bigs out there that I'm just saying some big body guys that you you know could add for free. You yeah. know, basically, I am really curious on what happens with Dragic at this point because yeah. now you you know you obviously have Dinwiddie coming off the bench. Um, yeah, what happens with that? I was really they, confident with do that. Do they still need a point guard like that, though? I, they could still use him, obviously. I think they can still... I mean, you could play Dinwiddie and Dragic together off the bench, but they still need a guy like that. Because Trey Burke's been okay in, his, in you know stepping in here recently. Yeah, he's still, I mean, if he's willing to come here for free, take it. I mean, I would take him just for the leadership, friendship to Luka, all that. And you can always use a guy like that coming off the bench. So, I mean, he's another score. I mean, we we wanted the Mavs to go out and get scoring. And I feel like they, they did that today because at least we know. I mean, Berton's the best games this season. Obviously, Dinwiddie's best, I think, around 10 games uh, this season. But let's do this, man. I, I'm excited. I, I, I'm obviously an optimistic person. I lean that way um, most of the time. But I'm not going to lie. I would be on here, too. If they, if they dumped, just straight up dumped KP to OKC for, like, you know, a couple seconds and, you know, wh- whoever else, I wouldn't be as excited on this spot. I'm like, all right. However you feel about KP, you legit got worse in that case. You legit got worse this season. I'm not comfortable. I don't I don't believe the statement of the Mavs got worse by trading Porzingis for Dinwiddie and Bertans. In I don't the present. In the present. I don't believe that. And I think and I do think there's a world that this their ceiling is higher because they have another perimeter score in Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, there was more times when the Mavs needed another guy to get a bucket than a yes. guy, you know, to do what what Christoph Porzingis was doing on offense. And they are going to miss him on defense, though. I'm not going to lie about that, right? That that oh, is yeah. to, to me where I think the Mavs did get worse is they don't have that rim protector to turn to. They the Mavs desperately need somebody, and uh, it looks like they didn't use their traded player exception. We thought that they might use that. It was a long shot for them to get a big in that scenario, but. We'll see what happens to get somebody else. But this offseason, that's going to be a, a huge thing for the Mavs to try and get. And now they'll just cobble together this lineup of, you know, Dwight Powell and Maxi and um, Marquise Chris. Marquise, Marquise Chris. Chris is getting a huge step up in minutes probably right now. Win- winner of the day. <laughs> kind of, because Moses Brown is gone too. He outlasted Moses Brown. And he now gets some of the Chris Alporzingis minutes too. So this, this is also, huge for the Mavs. The Mavs are also going to play small a lot now. They're going to play that was way guess, more yeah. small now. The, way more small? They're going to play way more small ball now. Smaller. <laughs> Haralabob is probably shaking his head saying, solid move, right? I mean, <laughs> because their whole thing, you know, was trying to, they had to try to force the Porzingis thing to happen because they wanted to spread spread the lineups out, get Luca the ball and say, shoot a ton of threes, Luca, do your thing. And with this, 
now you're not trying to force it, right? Like if you want to go out and get a Miles Turner this offseason, go out and get him. You're not worried about fitting two seven footers together. You want it's much easier to find fits with guards and wings than it is having thirty million dollars tied up to a you know a seven footer who's not a Jokic and Embiid or something like that. So right. that that's that's just where that they have more flexibility moving forward. The contracts are split up, like you said. I sign me up for this deal. I I'm not saying it. Hey take them to the Western Conference Finals type of deal, but I'm walking away smiling, and I didn't think I would walk away from a Porzingis trade smiling. Speaking of smiling, somebody tweeted out that Porzingis learned about this deal while ordering a sandwich in downtown Dallas. <laughs> and mm. uh, I, I tweeted it. It's pretty funny if you go see his facial expression. Uh, but yeah, shout out to the guy that tweeted that. I kind of hope it's true. It's, it's really funny if you see his facial expression in the picture. But, uh, but yeah, that's what we got. Uh, hey, guess what? The Mavs play a game tonight. The Mavericks actually have a game against the Clippers. We'll have another show for you tonight after the game. We'll break that down, talk more about this trade, I'm sure, and talk about, uh, man, if the Mavs miss a million threes, like, oh, dang, they're going to miss Porzingis. Or if and they we get, get to see everybody's everybody's quotes, too, right? Like, we, yeah, right. You know, kids going to talk about Kid. it. Luca, everybody will answer post game about it. You know, at some point, you know, we didn't get an immediate presser from from Nico. Donnie has had originally done that in the past. That's At some true. point, I would expect Nico to talk to the media about it. And I'll just be really curious on that. Is this, you know, there's some how, behind- do they, how do they position it? Right. How do they how do they pitch yeah. it to the masses? How do they position it? But also to bring it full circle here outside the money, outside the on court fit, you know, the roster and all of that. I think we also have to keep an open mind of. What was the relationship like with Porzingis and the front office going from last playoffs until now? Was there some, what was the talk behind the scenes? Was there talk about finding him a new home? Did he, did he truly love being here with Luca and all of that stuff? Like there's a lot of stuff like that. How did the Mavericks feel about him long-term and his knees and injuries? Like, is this a, are you looking at this saying, Ooh, they really think he's jacked up. Like, like, you know, it, they know that, him better a, than anybody. Now, Casey Smith and company know him and his body better than maybe he does. <laughs> like, what if the Mavs have been looking at it saying, man, the first the first chance we have to trade him for for one or two guys that can be in a rotation and that, that have an upside that could be really good. Like, Denway has an upside that could be good for the Mavs if they were waiting for that chance. And, and because of how worried they were about his knees and injury and all that. And then they got this in, like, uh, we got to jump on this before he's hurt right. again. Right. Like, we don't know, but that's stuff behind the scenes that we might not ever know. We might never know, but we may, we're going to try to find out for you guys. So we'll come back with the show tonight. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom!